0: I want to read from Isaiah, chapter one, and we'll read from and we'll read from verse two. Uh, he's speaking to the kings here, Hezekiah and in the kings of Judah. He's saying, Hear o heavens, and give ear o earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. O sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, and they are gone away backward. Then we go down to verse 8. And it says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So this introduction here that Isaiah gives is condemnation on God's chosen people. They had turned their back on the Lord. He said that they had rebelled against me. He said, Israel does not know me. It said that it is a sinful nation which is laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord, they've provoked the Lord to anger, and they are gone backward. And you know, churches, I read this and I was preparing to share, it was just like reading about modern day Britain. It really was. You see, the chosen people here on the Isles of the Sea, they have followed their forefathers into iniquity. And I believe they're bringing the anger of the Lord. And you know, when God's people, no matter where they are in the world, turn their backs on God, God withdraws his hand of blessing and they suffer. But the wonderful thing is there's always hope in the Lord because the Lord is calling his people back to himself and he's doing it in mercy and loving kindness. You know, when God, when you see the the depravity of the nation Uh, You see on the the board there, God could could have moved in judgment. God could have withdrew the hand of blessing and just let them just go their own way and destroy themselves. But through Isaiah, the prophet, he called them back to himself. He's, He's given what I would call a compassionate invitation. So this is an invitation with passion, It wasn't just a polite thing to say. God was passionate about his people coming back to him. He wanted to bless them. He wanted them to have peace. He wanted them to have joy. He wanted them to have freedom from their enemies. But because of their sins, this is where they were going. You know, Isaiah was referred to as the evangelical prophet. And he was declaring God's amazing love for sinners. Three words emphasize the authoritiveness of what Isaiah said. He said, saith the Lord. So this wasn't Isaiah going to Hezekiah and the rulers and the other kings and saying, look, in my opinion, this is what's wrong in the land. He was saying, this is the Lord speaking. It's time for you all to take note. This is not just me speaking and telling you what's wrong with this place. The Lord is speaking to us. And best of all, the Lord is offering to us to be our Savior if we would put our trust in Him. God is speaking, just like when Jesus said, Verily, verily. This was a, an indication to the listeners that something important, extra important, everything He says is important, but something of extra importance was about to be said, and the people needed to hear it. It was time for them to listen. It was time for them to take note. It was time for them to consider what the Lord is saying and to contemplate. What they should do. And as we look at what the Lord was saying, we can see his amazing love and how he longs for the reconciliation of man unto himself. Some things to consider. Listen to what God wants us uh, to reason with him about. We have the compassionate invitation, the invitation has come. You know, uh, There are 642 personal invitations in the Bible from the Lord to come to him. They're all from God. And the first thing you notice when you see these invitations is for someone to come close, they must be far away or they must be separate. And herein lies the compassion of this invitation from the Lord. Because of the character of those to whom this invitation is addressed, sinful man, they were sacrificing their children to Asheroth on the altars of Baal. Their young children, and as we looked the other week, mainly girls because girls weren't uh, as helpful to families back then in that age. Horrendous. Children being murdered. Iniquity, immorality, uh, particularly sexual immorality and the worship of the, the, uh, the gods of the harvest. All these people that God was looking down on. And instead of casting judgment, God was reaching out his hand in compassion. Look, come, let us reason together. Isaiah 29 and 13. Wherefore the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips, do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. That mean, precept means the commandments of men are religion. They were religious, but their hearts weren't with God. Their hearts were for the things of the flesh, for the ways of man, and they abandoned the ways of God. And therefore, man, as we know, is separated from God because of his sinful nature. But again, look and listen to the mercy of Almighty God this morning. Come, come to him, Paul speaking of this to the church in Ephesus says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. God wants us to be with him, wants us to be in fellowship with him, wants us to come into his presence, wants us to thank him. He wants to bless us. Despite our sinful nature, despite our rebellious nature, do you know something? That offer still stands. I look at our nation today, look at the world today. And what's being promoted. What is evil is being seen as good and what is good is being seen as evil. And yet God is still saying, come unto me. The depravity of man today, I think it was the late James Versailles once said, if God doesn't judge this generation, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. The iniquity today is abounding. And yet God still reaches out his hand. And think about this if you've never surrendered your life to the Lord. You are a sinner and God in his compassion is calling you to come unto him. This shows his graceful attitude. He not only invites us with an open invitation to come to him, he wants us to sit down and reason with him. And you know, if man would just step aside and reason with the Lord, then he would know and see God's mercy. And spoke to some people down through time and they they, they they don't like to argue, they said, with God. Well, you don't need to argue with God. God's saying reason with him. The psalmist reasoned with God all the time. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? And David spoke many times of, why is my enemies prospering? He was reasoning with God. And after he talked to God, he listened. And God showed him that God's hand was upon it and Israel many times had turned their back on God and, and were suffering the consequences, but God was calling them. God was going to bless them. That's reasoning. And God wants to reason with you. You think you have peace in your life. You think you have joy in your life. Sit down and talk to God. Because out in the world there's broken cisterns. But in the Lord, there's a well of salvation which never runs dry. He wants you to sit down and reason with him. He doesn't want to spoil your life. He doesn't want to take the joy out of your life. He wants to give you the joy, the true joy which only comes from a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I never knew that joy. I found joy in discos and bars, but they were temporal. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I enjoyed it. Back then, I enjoyed it. But you know something? The joy that I have now is eternal in Christ Jesus. I don't need to go to these places. I come to the Lord and worship him. Tell the Lord how you feel about his invitation. Talk it over with him, and you will see that amazing grace, that unconditional, unjudgmental, and loving reasoning which the Lord would give. You know, when some people want to talk to the Lord, they they, they want to negotiate. I mean, this is how it is. This is who I am, Lord. You're just going to have to accept me. And, And in my experience in ministry, you know, I've had people say, well, I'll come to your church if I'm allowed to do this, or I'll give my heart to the Lord, but I want to keep doing such. There's no bargaining with God. You have to come the way God wants us to come, and he's saying to come unto him. He wants to reveal himself to you in an open, he wants to reveal himself, sorry, to an open and repentant heart. He wants you to turn from your sins, not to spoil your joy, but to give you life and give you life more abundance because sins are destroying your life. He wants you to come and he wants you to receive his pardon. It's amazing to think that men can actually find a reason to reject God. Men reject, his, there must be reason because men reject him today. Reject this invitation to come. Some of the reasons I've been told is I'm too bad to come. Yeah, Isaiah 55 and 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. I remember being asked as I stood at the deathbed of a brother in Christ and he said, am I really saved? He thought that the things that he had done in his life which he never told me, I told him, you confess to Jesus, not to me. But he felt they were so bad that God couldn't love him. And I had to show him from the word of God that no matter how good or how bad we are, God forgives our sins. He wipes them no matter how, there's no grades for sin. If you steal a pound or if you steal a hundred pound, you've still stole. That's only a pound, it's theft. If you stole a hundred pound, it's theft. So there's no grades for sin. Sin is sin. And it separates us from God. And no one is too bad to come to the Lord. People have told me, I'm, I'm too full of trouble to come. There's, there's too much going on and I, I can't sort this out. And Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight: 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Those things that are taking away your sleep, those things that are leaving you standing at wit's end corner, take them to the Lord. Come unto me. He says, I will give you rest. And when you come to the Lord, you can leave them at his feet. You don't need to carry them away with you again. And all these things that are troubling you, if you just turn to him and trust him, you'll still maybe get up and face the same situation in the morning, but you'll get up with a new attitude because God is with you and God will see you through. Another excuse is the excuse I used to give. There's plenty of time I remember as a young man, I told you before, I used to read the Bible every night, a chapter. I got the We Gideon's Bible when I went to Orangefield Boys in my first year. And I'd have read a chapter every night before I went to sleep and said, Our Father, which art in heaven. But I always used to say, when I'm old, I'm going to become a Christian. That was my excuse when people asked me about going to church or becoming a Christian. I, would have, I didn't use the words there's plenty of time, but that's what I'd have said, you know. I'll wait till I'm old and I'll become a Christian. But you know the word of God gives a warning to people with that attitude. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Proverbs 27 and 1. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. There's not plenty of time. We're not going to go into prophecy. We're a and we believe that Jesus is his return is imminent, so much so that we can say, Look up, your redemption draws now. There's not plenty of time. You need to get right with the Lord now because He will be back soon. Others have told me I've lived the best life that I can. What more does God expect? You know, we call that self-righteousness. I mean, I'm so good, and I've heard that many times. A lot of the guys I used to work with, you know, how have a wee smoke, I have a wee pint. Don't do anybody any harm. No, you don't. You do yourself harm, by the way, with the smoking stuff. But you're still a sinner needing saved. No one is so good that God thinks they don't need salvation. In Ephesians, Paul speaking to the church, he said, by grace you are saved. And then to verse nine, he said, not of works. By grace you are saved, not of works. Speaking to Titus, Titus 3 and 5, he says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Then again to the church in Rome, he said, therefore by deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. And there are people today trusting the law. And I remember a nurse once friend of mine and I police officers, we were in the Royal a police officer had been badly injured and we were in like a little secure ward guarding him and she came in and she sat down and she gave a few expletives about she's so glad it's the end of Lent and she'd give up smoking and give up this and give up that and my word, the fire mouth that she came in and sat down and talked with and in her eyes she had being justified by her sacrifice of giving up her favorite things, and this would win her favor with God. And it's not just her. There's many more. Think, I'm not a bad person. I've never done anybody any harm. No, you haven't. But look, sin is sin, and sin separates you from God. And I've said many times, but maybe some haven't heard this. Sin, the Hebrew word for sin, means fall short of the mark. It was a word used by archers, And their little armor bearers, which were usually young boys, would have set the target up so many yards, or however far they measured back then, and would have put it near a rock that they could hide behind, just in case the archer missed. But when he fired the arrow, if it fell short of the target, the young boy would have shouted, You've sinned. You've sinned. So our good works fall short of the glory of God, and we are sinners. The Bible doesn't say, You're really bad people. It doesn't say you're really good people. It says you're a sinner. You fall short of the glory of God and God through Jesus Christ bridges that gap and there's no longer that gap when we trust in him and we are saved. <clears throat> people have told me that they'll work their own lives out. They don't need God. They'll work their own lives out. They don't need God. But you know, God can make you a new man or a new woman. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You think differently. You react differently. And you react in a more positive way. And when Christ's love is truly in your heart, you're able to let things go that you wouldn't be able to let go before. Resentment, anger, whatever. Hatred, bigotry, paranoia. You can let all them go because in Christ, you know all these things are passed away. You know, the reasons for not coming to the Lord, they're not reasons, they're excuses. And they fall flat when you reason with the Lord. No one can genuinely produce a valid reason for refusing this invitation. I've had people telling me that uh, someone that they loved had died or something bad had happened to someone they love, And why would a loving God allow this to happen? You know, I believe they have a, what they, I call a chessboard belief. And God's up in heaven sitting down there putting you there, putting me there, causing this bad thing. Bad things happen because of men. Men have turned their back on God. And God never promised anyone freedom from illness, freedom from being in an accident. But what he did promise them was eternal life in Christ Jesus. And if something bad does happen and people do pass away, and I've prayed for many people and seen them pass away, It doesn't mean God doesn't love them. It means that they are safe in his keeping until the day that he returns. And you know, we have a reward to receive if we give a positive response. There's things that the Lord offers those who come to him. We quoted it this morning. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He offers full and free forgiveness and a complete transformation of life. And these references to scarlet and crimson indicate glaring sins which cannot be removed. I'm told, uh, maybe it's different today with special chemicals, but back then, if red dye, a crimson dye had to have got onto the wool, it could not be moved. There is no way they had nothing back then that they could remove it. And whenever they heard this, they would have understood exactly what the prophet was saying. The things that man can't wipe away, God wipes away. Eternally, they don't come back if we trust in him. We are Saved by Christ's blood and, uh, and blood alone. His death on the cross is our substitute as a appreciation of love. He died for you, he died for me. And now he's offering forgiveness to all who call upon him. I quote this, I think I quote it every time I, I preach. The Scottish proverb, God is better to the worst of us than the best of us deserve. No one's too bad to come to the Lord. And again, quote, Luke 7, 47. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. No one's too good to come to the Lord. Romans 3, 23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Excuse me. You know, people, and I've known people, can live good, religious, honorable lives, but they still need to come To the Lord. And his invitation is to everyone because everyone needs to be saved. He invites us all because we need to come. We are far off from God if we're in our sins. But we can praise him today because we can come as we are. We cannot stay as we are, but we can come as we are. You study other religions. Part of my doctorate, I did a, a, a unit on, and studied uh, other religions and every single one of them, you had to do something to win their God's favor. You had to achieve something. You had to sacrifice something. Brothers and sisters and my friend here this morning, you do not have to do a thing but get on your knees and seek forgiveness before the Lord and you will receive eternal life in Christ Jesus. It's by His blood and his brother alone. Come as we are, but you cannot stay as you are. We shall be white as snow, because the blood that flowed from Calvary cleanses us from all sin. And what I want to say to you, if you're here this morning, if you're watching on the internet, if you watch this later in the week, consider this amazing offer to you right now. And ask yourself, can I accept this offer? You can You can receive pardon, you can receive cleansing and you can rejoice in the fullness of God's grace. Why? Because all you had to do was believe in him and accept his compassionate invitation to come to him. You know, as Christians, we need to continually come to the Lord in prayer. We can receive refreshing, we can receive forgiveness. because we all make mistakes, none of us here are perfect. We can receive strength, we can receive peace, we can receive joy and healing. And I would ask that you consider that this morning, especially if you've never made that commitment to the Lord. Just consider that invitation, just to sit down and reason with God and then turn to him and call upon his name for your salvation. As the musicians come back, let's stand in his presence. And if you're here this morning, if you're watching, you just contact us. Come and speak to myself and of our elders. And we'll do all we can to lead you to his throne, that you might find forgiveness, that you might find peace and joy in your life. You might not have understood everything that was said, but you know, whenever I, the night I was first saved, I hadn't a clue who Paul the Apostle was. As the old joke was, I thought Amazing Grace was a woman. I knew nothing. You don't need to know. God reveals himself to you when you surrender to him. And you'll learn and you'll grow in him. And I can guarantee you, every Christian here in this room will tell you that your life will be much better because the Lord's walking by your side. Let's worship the Lord.